Greetings, glorious humans, gentle ladies, ladmen, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host, JM, and this is Robbie, the other co-host. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) That was it. That was a perfect intro. We fucking nailed it. Yeah. We do it. We do it better every week, don't we? I think we're getting there. I think by yeah. the by the fiftieth episode, we're gonna have that shit down. Well, yeah. just wait, wait until next week as well, because as you know, before we pressed record, my special delivery came of my um, microphone boom arm thing. That's right. My, I just got to see a private unboxing video. My stream, my stream wanker uh, paraphernalia. So that word next... means the same thing there that it means here, right? What, a stream? Wanker. Oh, okay. What does it mean there? Well, I, I assume it's the, similar to jerk off. Yes. Yeah. So you've got yeah. your new wanker arm. Yep. Um, uh, so next week, uh, you, we're, we're going to be even more professional. I love it. People will be able to hear how supported your microphone is. Exactly. The level of professionalism on this podcast is increasing exponentially. We're increasing our technical expertise. We're getting more and more high tech. Mm, you could say that, JM. You could say that. I could. I could. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I think part of part of what makes us so so technically excellent is our and he insists we call him this uh every time we speak to him, Chief Technical Officer John Barcue. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> which part which part don't you know about pretty much the whole part right now <laughs> hi john hi how's it going good how are you yeah not too bad hanging in there i am mostly in one piece uh after all the fall guys launched fun stuff but yeah here excited to talk to you guys and figure it out yeah, exactly what it is you guys do at the company uh, <laughs> we'll I see find out. excitement you can tell in your voice yeah. i'm very excited to find out what you do john oh besides yeah. uh say lots of big words that none of us understand it's like a, a smoke screen <laughs> so that we just assume that you're doing something important exactly Linux and dsl and stuff like that that's that, yeah. that's the beauty of being the only person at the company who can spell c plus plus is I don't really have to, <laughs> I don't really have to do anything. I just have to sound like I'm doing things. It's very true. Yeah, that's pretty much um, all of Devolver. <laughs> what um have you gotten back to a kind of normal sleeping pattern now? Yes, yes. So we're we're through the the shit show uh, that is any launch of an online service, and now we're kind of in the the status quo of maintenance of like how do we deal with like the gradually increasing number of users rather than like exponentially increasing numbers of users which is a good thing uh and yeah so it's it's almost back to normal people are getting normal amounts of sleep don't have to be up 24 7 on random web calls uh so yeah it's all good um have you i'm quite curious about whether or not you've done this before like i mean obviously not on the same maybe not on the same level as four guys but you seemed because you were the guy who was keeping us kind of all 
abreast of whatever was going on you were doing a recap email every day and you were talking to the developers and stuff so you obviously knew what had to be done but i i guess i was just curious about like i'm like oh has john like been in this situation before have you be have you launched an online product like a four guys or a multiplayer game where you've learned all of this or where where did your knowledge base yeah, can we can we broaden this, this to maybe just what is your your background? How have you come to be <laughs> in this right. position? Fucking hell. Who are you, John? Like How have you got sure. here? Uh, <laughs> reinventing the question. JM is much better at this than I am. No, yeah. So I have a background uh, in uh, video games in general. So like I've I'm one of the old crew. So I started back uh, the original Xbox days at Microsoft. Uh, so I was part of the the group that helped launch titles for that console. Uh, specifically, though, in the online stuff, I worked on one of the Xbox Live launch titles. So I was in working on sports and racing games at the time, and so we launched a football game in 2003 called NFL Fever, which was one of the first Xbox Live titles. Uh, and so that was kind of like my first exposure to launching online games and obviously it was a totally different world back then um mm. but yeah uh since then uh i worked at valve on steam and so obviously we shipped some video games there uh but more importantly uh working on steam which is this behemoth uh online service that is always or most of the time always up uh and so we definitely went through a lot of the growing pains of what it means to ship products ship to a growing crowd uh, and what that can all look like. Uh, but then I also took some time out of the games industry to work on uh, more classical kind of like internet stuff. So I've worked at a couple social media companies where we would have to scale to hundreds of millions, if not billions of, of users as well. And so I've got a little bit of exposure and experience of what that means. Uh, and so that's kind of how I can fake it in the emails of the rest of the company uh, <laughs> of what's going on. Uh, and yeah, Fall Guys is a totally different type of product because it's a, it's a different scale. Like it's not obviously billions of people, but as far as like numbers of users compared to something like the original Xbox Live where we were like in the single digit millions of users uh, it's just a different different scale and different scope so how how many how long were you at microsoft working on xbox live for then so i was at microsoft for 10 years uh most of it was not doing online services and most of it was doing actual video games so like i said sports and racing games so like all of the early sports games that we did like football basketball, baseball, hockey, games that you no longer hear about because they're all dead. Uh, on all those, uh, that was like a, a strategic bet by Microsoft because EA wasn't sold on bringing all their franchises to Xbox yet. Uh, and so the idea was to be able to compete with the other consoles. We needed sports and racing games. So you, so you had to head up the, the budget games division? Pretty much. Well, we weren't budget, but we were like, okay, well, like if EA doesn't bring Madden, we need some sort <laughs> yeah. of football game. So like we'll make the off-brand football. It was still on-brand nice. technically, like NFL With like, like fake, fake names and stuff like that. <laughs> well, not all, but yeah, it was it, at times it like felt Roy like Roy Aikman. So <laughs> Roy Aikman. <laughs> Brad Favre. Yeah. <laughs> 
there was a uh, a team with the uh, uh, called the Pansies, and all of the developers were on that team. <laughs> what did you play? What? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> what what game was that? Was that a foot? Uh, that was NFL game? Fever, two thousand and two, two thousand and three. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Class of yeah. You got your ring. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I started working on games first, and then kind of like over time, as Xbox Live grew, it became more of a thing, and so worked on a couple teams working on back end services. Uh, so I think it was. What's it? Forza 2 was the first title I worked on where we built back-end services for trading liveries and all that kind of stuff. Trading cool. liveries? Yeah, so you could put, like, wraps on your cars and design kind of, like, different designs and, like, be able to trade them with other users online, all that kind of stuff. Nice. Mm. You could uh, you could pimp your ride, John, you, is that what you're you saying? You could pimp your ride, yes, uh, with very <laughs> basic tools. Uh, but somehow, users always found ways to uh, use those tools very effectively. I, yeah, I'd say <laughs> most people who decorate their cars are basic tools. Well, so there's Brutal. there there is like well that that brings us around to like the first problem of dealing with online stuff like that is visible tools and the the time to dildo slash penis which is usually under 30 seconds in any kind of online game situation uh and so that's that's one thing we don't have to deal with with fall guys right now which is great what's the worst they're all butt thing? plugs yeah <laughs> yeah they're all butt plugs it's yeah. fine <laughs> sorry jelly beans jelly beans yes. code words jelly plugs safe words um what's the worst uh, thing user generated. We're talking right. about online gaming. So, what's the worst uh, piece of user generated like content that you've seen or that you can remember from one of the games you worked on? Uh, nothing actually stands out surprisingly uh, because so the the people who make great content that's what stands out. The people who make like the bad content it's all the same it's all derivative like it's either some form of a cock or some form of a swastika combined with a cock it's like there's 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 zero creativity in that front like so i don't know none, none of it stands out wow what's the really spotted stuff swastika that stands cock. out yeah oh, swastika cockstick anyway <laughs> Uh, what are some of the good things that stand out then? The the really excellent uses of the tools you've helped create. So looking back at uh, the Forza stuff, like like these were very simple tools as in like you have basic shapes that you can apply in layers. So like you can have like a circle or a triangle. And somehow people would use those to do like literally photorealistic things. So pictures of celebrities or anime drawings and stuff like that and the stuff that they would pull off was amazing and the cool thing was because uh, it was all layered all of that data would get stored and so we could go back and like look at them and how they essentially created these images with all these different layers of just basic tools and it's just like one of those things where like if you did a time lapse to watch it you'd just, just be blown away be honest john did you steal any of the designs uh, to make your own for the game? No, no. I'm, <laughs> I was unfortunately way too... 
<laughs> untalented in the artistic realms to even even think about that. So. So you are one of only two people so far to have quit Devolver Digital. Um, what was it like to come crawling back? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Uh, yeah. So it was, that was the thing. Like, I quit. Uh, but I didn't, like, quit. Like, rage quit, flip death. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, that's not say, what I heard. Fuck, yes, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. Um, so it was an amicable departure. Uh, and yeah, there's there's definitely details around that that I'm not going to go into in a public podcast. Um, it's not but, very But public. it was very amicable. But this is the Devolver podcast. It's fine. <laughs> it's all light. It's all above board. Yes, yes. It's all official. Anything you say here is is official. <laughs> is it binding in the nef- next review? Canon. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? So, yeah. Uh, so, it was good. And, like, I kept in touch like in a fairly constant basis with everyone uh mm-hmm. not just like over digital but like any kind of like live events we were all together and so like the plan was always to eventually come back it was just finding the right kind of right time fit and so when i came back it wasn't so much groveling uh it was more just like mutual uh kicking in the door and saying i'm back some some light begging oh there was there there was more light ribbing uh (laughs) but that was about it yeah did you have to beat mike in a foot race before they would give you your job back no no i had to agree to lose (laughs) to mike in a foot race he he does not like to no no in fact he cheats but we're not gonna he does we're not gonna go into that right now Oh, yeah, I think we should. So for anybody listening to this podcast who wants to know a little bit more about John, the first time I met you, John, was on the lot, the Devolver lot at E3, when you were wrapped in a Canadian scarf, the Canadian flag, and you were wearing rollerblades, and Mike was wrapped in an American flag, and he was not wearing rollerblades, and then you proceeded to have a race all the way around the E3 parking lot. And I'm I'm still not even sure why, but you've done it multiple times now. So then I'm sure there's a good reason. But I do know race. that you've never won. Yes. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. So, well, so the reason why... Uh, I ha- the, rec- the record does not show any Ws in the... <laughs> That's, I, I would I would disagree with that record. <laughs> I think that record has been falsely written. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the the reason why, but someone decided that E3 that we needed rollerblades, uh, and so they went out and bought rollerblades. And then we happened to have flags up because at the time we were doing a bunch of titles with people from different parts of the world, and so we had their flag mm. above their trailer, and then we had flags for the devolver folks and so at the time i was canadian obviously still am canadian uh and <laughs> so yeah if we had the canadian flag and the american flag uh i mike wasn't the original one in the race though i thought 
I had beaten a couple other people because we had multiple <laughs> sets of rollerblades. And so, like, so it, we, rollerblades, rollerblades maybe. straight up. Was that you, JM, that I beat? So, so oh, I'm sure you beat me. Uh, so the we got to the lot and we had basically we had circled the wagons of the 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 airstreams that we do the events in, and then we had the tent in the middle. So there was kind of a donut shape to the yeah. pathable area. So first day, Mike was like, "Oh, we need a roller skater, like rollerblade around this thing," and it was like, "Yeah, cool, Mike." Uh, and then we kept working, and then at some point. Like day two, maybe Kate walked up to me and asked what my shoe size was, and I told her my shoe size, and then I was like, "Get me a helmet too," because I figured out that she was Mike had employed her to go and buy rollerblades, and he was gonna make me parade around the lot. So I was on rollerblades for pretty much the rest of that E three goofing around the lot, and then at some point, because she got multiple pairs. So then we raced, and then Mike wanted to race, but he did it on foot, and then someone was from the press was there. And uh, I came in last in that race. I think I had the Texas flag. And, uh, yeah, someone from the press was there and wrote a story about how fast Mike was. And Mike made sure that we all read that story <laughs> several times. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, – yeah. <laughs> Rollerblades versus skates – I mean versus feet shouldn't be that drastically different of a kind of like outcome. Like the Rollerblades should win except that Mike makes – a point to set the course such that there's plenty of sharp turns that he then cuts. Yeah. And so like, you're, like on skates, yeah. like we're not even going to go into this last E3 where it was like, we're going to set this oh, course no. and it's just like windy all through like, not even just like turns, but like there's people in the way and there's cables on the ground and shit like that. Yeah. That was not, yeah. not at all. Fair. Running through a crowd is easier than rollerblading through a crowd. Yeah. I still remember, though, back to that first E3 with the skates, is that, like, the skates were just horrible. They were, like, Walmart special. Uh, and I, like, was wearing sandals or something that day, or flip-flops, and so I had no socks. So I put on these <laughs> rollerblades that other people would wear, they're, like, slimy. <laughs> and it's just, like, the grossest thing ever. <laughs> Jesus. Is that when you decided to leave? Uh, no, 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 but it, it was when I made the mental model or mental decision that any time that I'm at a future E3 with Devolver, I'm going to bring my own rollerblades, which I did. <laughs> it's commitment to the cause. I like it. Yes. So when did you join Valve? Uh, 2009. So I was there 2009 and that was when, uh, probably about for the seventh time, uh, in a row, it was like the year of PC being dead. It's like, no, one mm. PC's totally dead again. Uh, and so when I joined <laughs> uh, Steam, we were still trying to convince people that they should make a PC SKU. And so like everyone had moved on to consoles, and some people still had a PC SKU, but most people did not. Uh, and so I was there from 2009 through 2014, uh, and that was like kind of like when the big PC explosion sales were like... 20x over that five five years time frame good job john yeah it wasn't me it was like the market finally realizing that hey uh, pc gamers do exist and they spend <laughs> money lots of money was it was there a title that that led to that or was it just there was kind a of bunch a, of a things shift? uh yeah. not it definitely wasn't one individual title so that was that was around the time when steam started opening up to third-party titles and not just valve titles so like a bunch of indies 
got their mm-hmm. kickstart there. So like the indie game, the movie guys and all that kind of explosion was then. And then once the indies exploded, uh, then some of the other big AAAs came along. Uh, and the ones who jumped on that quickly uh, found out that, holy crap, like there's an untapped fount of dollars to be found here. Uh, and the ones that did that quickly succeeded uh, and it just kind of begat further success. Can you... I've... Ooh, Robbie, go. Robbie, we go. Keep, <laughs> we keep doing this. We keep doing Sorry. this. Sorry. Well, I was about to suggest diving into the topic that we're both Ball really guys? desperate to di- dive into i just really bare metal wanna, i just really want to talk about this server thing yeah <laughs> what's the difference john Jesus. what's the like, difference well, between so a... I, I so yeah because we talked about this on the podcast before we were just like i don't fucking know what goes on with servers and then and then i said well John keeps talking about bare metal servers, and that's just a term that I'd never heard before, and I couldn't understand w- why they were called bare metal servers. It seemed like such a an over, <laughs> like, descriptive name for what is essentially just, like, you know, uh, a motherboard somewhere or whatever. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. But then um, also, so the, then, so then the cloud I, servers. So, so then I went on Slack and I messaged you, John, and I was like, please talk to me about this because I'm genuinely interested. And then you, you typed out all of these words and I didn't understand any of it. So, um, well, no, that's not true. I understood the words, but, I, you know, I don't have a technical brain. So I just find it really fascinating. Like, and, and the part of the part of the, the fun of this podcast is one talking to people who we work with who people people don't know what they do or who they are or where they're from or uh how they contribute to everything happening and with four guys being out now and being this huge success i think it's genuinely interesting like just learning what what the fuck is all (laughs) sitting (laughs) sitting underneath or in the air that makes this whole thing work and and especially you know given the fact that uh, we did have a typically rocky start for an online game and the fact that we kind of came off the back of that. So I know you mentioned that at the start of the call, John, but I'm genuinely like, I'm just, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm all here for it. Talk to me about bare metal. <laughs> all right. All right. This is, this is what talking. everyone's here for. <laughs> He's warming up now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's the thing is like, if you are a gamer or like someone who makes games but never made like a big online game or service, there's a bunch of things that you might not know. Uh, So if you want, like I can kind of go over kind of like what that launch looked like and kind of a lot of the unknowns and questions that we had going in and how we tried to handle them as best as we could uh, from, from the get go. So, so first of all, you got to think of launching an online game uh, as like this big unknown. You have no idea how many units you're going to sell. You have no idea how many people are going to show up. You have no idea about anything. And you have to start all of this planning like 6 to 12 to 18 months in advance with no idea what the numbers are going to be. And so it's part science where you're like, okay, I know here are the things I have to plan for, but it's a lot of uh, dartboard numbers as well, where you're just going to go and figure out, well, we think it will sell this many units and therefore spread across different time zones in the world and different uh, areas. We think this is the number of people that are going to show up at any given day. Uh, 
Uh, and based on that, you then go about your your, your days and f- figure out what the plan's going to look like. Uh, but that's kind of like the pinning of all the problems with online games is that you are using best guesses and essentially a dartboard to do all of your planning. Uh, and so when something like Fall Guys happens and your dartboard guesses were essentially like hitting the wall, not even on the, the dark board, yeah, dartboard. Uh, like you, you hit Steve who's at the bar five feet away to the right. Uh, so once that happens, then you got to like adjust on the fly and figure out uh, uh, how to deal with it. Uh, luckily, uh, because we were dealing with a bunch of professionals with Mediatonic and whatnot, even though our dartboard numbers were obviously a lot smaller than what they ended up being, we had contingency plans in place, uh, and we had things built in a way that it was easier for us to scale up uh, to be able to handle it. Uh, and so mm-hmm. even though it was a rocky start, uh, and, and we definitely hit some bumps in the road, uh, given the, <laughs> the the magnitude of the miss on our dartboard guesses, we actually did really well. <laughs> like, I'm very pleased with the way things went and pleased with the way Mediatonic uh, handled things. Because, yeah, with, with the magnitude of difference, like, we should have been down, like, <laughs> way oh, longer man. and had way, way bigger issues. And we still uh, might. Like, that's, that's the truth, too. Yeah. I, I thought it was remarkable. Uh how how well everybody coped with that situation and and uh, yeah and how fast it all seemed to kind of get back on track because i've worked on previous to devolver i've worked on and obviously not on a technical side but i've worked on launches of games that have just died a death online you know sometimes with it i mean certainly within weeks sometimes within days you know just because they can't get their shit together um and some of them are quite have been quite large scale, but I mean, even then, nothing on the scale of a Fall Guys. So, yeah, I'm astonished, and I don't. I think a lot of people forget, or a lot of people out there in the big wide world. I, I think I think a lot of people are still still misunderstand just how small these teams are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like we're not. Oh, Mediatonic is not epic. You know, Mediatonic is not, uh, you know, Respawn. It's not It's not anywhere near the size of any of these other companies that have these major online games that millions and millions of people are playing. There's, what, there's 30 of them. <laughs> you know, like, totally. And that's not even all... That's not all of the people who work on this specific aspect of the game as well. So, you know, I think it's, like, crazy how well everyone dealt with that whole situation. Yeah, and it's, like, important to note, like, everyone was, like, all hands on deck. Like, it's yeah. easy from the outside to, like, be angry and upset when something's going on and you can't play. Uh, but, like, literally people were up 24-7, right? Like, to get mm. things working. Uh, but, yeah, I'm on a – we have a Discord for kind of, like, the, the server-side stuff for when things are on fire and all the folks from – uh, both Mediatonic, uh, but then all of like kind of like the providers that we use are in there, and and yeah, it's like during the the shitstorm was like a constant flurry of just action and talking and whatnot. Uh, but like the number of people in that Discord is probably under fifty total, and that's under fifty across like all the different uh, the vendors world. that we're yeah. working with, right? 
Uh, and so, yeah, it it's impressive uh, with what they've been able to pull off. Man, it would make a cool like HBO series. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one, no I one really wants. I think about like a small it, yeah, elite it's team, called, like servers. <laughs> <laughs> the neckbeards. Yeah, you attack. could have all of the drama of the. Uh, it's literally, and you like when you watch it, it's literally, yeah, it's just like a Slack channel <laughs> or whatever, and you follow all the stories. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I believe <laughs> I work in marketing, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> You just sold a pitch to HBO. I mean, you exactly. It. That's marketing. We know well. We know that they're big fans of the podcast, so mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're. I'm sure they're always listening in. Um, so what's John? What's oh. oh, sorry. No, you, you go. You go. I've been so, too much. So, oh, you're fine. What's the distinction between? Um, so, you know, Robbie mentioned bare metal servers, and you, you brought this up. There's bare metal servers, and then what, cloud servers is the other yeah. variant? There was yeah. two variants, right? Yeah. So and a cloud server still is physically somewhere. Yes. Yes, it is. So, so what's the distinction? Yeah. So, uh, all right. Uh, so everyone, Talk everyone talks me, about the cloud, right? And, like, it's this <laughs> mythical thing. Uh, but, yeah, all it is is a bunch of servers somewhere, right? Like underneath all of the the marketing hoopla, it's some box plugged into a wall, right, with both power and networking, right. And it doesn't look that different than whatever you have under your desk right now that's doing the same thing, um, but it's plugged in in a data center. And so, at the barest of of, of levels, everything's the same, right? Bare metal or cloud, it's still a CPU somewhere. The distinction for us is uh, what we actually, uh, I guess, own ourselves. And not necessarily own, but more likely lease ourselves. So for a bare metal server, it is a physical box that is plugged into a wall somewhere, right? Typically in a data center, it's something that looks like a blade. So it's a thin little thing and it's got power, it's got networking, uh, and it's just for us. We're the only ones that can use it, the only ones who access it. We get it 24-7. Um, and so the, the downside of that is that we pay for it 24-7. So even if we're not using it, when it's there plugged in, we're paying for it. A cloud server is one that we temporarily bring online that is somewhere else, maybe in the same data center, maybe not. Uh, but it's something that we just spin up and use short term. So when everyone jumps online, Right at 5 o'clock when they get home from work, there's a spike of users, and we need to be able to handle those. So we spin up a bunch of cloud servers, and they handle the next three hours of work or whatever before everyone goes offline for dinner. Uh, and so the the positive of that is that, hey, we can add all this extra capacity. So when like a whole bunch of people go out and play Fall Guys, we're ready for them. Uh, the downside of that is mainly on the price. So like cloud costs are generally more expensive. Right. So, yeah. So I was going to say, when you were saying earlier about plan- planning to launch a- an online game, you don't know how many people are going to be playing it. You don't know, you know, there's all these different factors. And I guess most people sitting at home would probably, you know, be sitting there going like, why don't they just, why don't they just have like maximum capacity? And then, the you know, and then it doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's like, oh, why are they never ready? Why are they never ready? And it's like, mm-hmm. 
yeah, because we have budgets and <laughs> and like we have to forecast and yeah. all of this kind of stuff. So yeah, that's it. Like I totally that makes more sense to me now. And so it's interesting on that topic though of cost is that yes, there's definitely costs involved, and so therefore you can't. When you're planning, you can't just say, well, we're going to assume we're going to have 100 million users on the first day, like at a maximum. So we'll just like staff up and, and, and level up to that, right? Uh, you can't do that uh, for obvious cost reasons. Um, but yeah, you just do your best. And and the, the ironic thing is that Devolver, in, in all of those discussions, mainly through me, we're definitely leaning more towards, hey, let's make sure. Like, let's put as much as we can out there. Yes, we might lose money in the short term, but we want to maximize user happiness out of the gate. And so that's why we have servers in Australia. That's why we have servers in South America, typical markets that most people don't go into with servers right away until they see there's a need. Because we knew that Mm. there was going to be need, and we wanted to make sure that those users had a better connection. Uh, And so, like, we did a bunch of things proactively to try and make the launch experience better and it did make the launch experience better uh, but we obviously couldn't mitigate for everything that happened overwhelming popularity yeah and it's important to note too like there's a there's so when you're when you're doing a launch like this it's not just like sheer numbers of servers it's not like just add more just like 10x all the servers right like it's, it's i don't uh, it's, believe you john i don't believe you just just why don't you just add more servers i don't believe you for a second so so the <laughs> i think uh, you're just doing it on purpose i think yes, you think, yes i think you think we've got their money let's just that's fucking what, switch the game off that's what all developers and publishers are <laughs> always doing when there's a technical difficulty always there's no always. such thing as bugs it's no, always just, just trolling yeah just turning it off pretty much yeah, fuck em. hey guys let's make them let's make them hurt for it <laughs> yeah so yeah, the the thing that <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just totally gonna skip, skip keep past going, that. No, keep going. Like okay, no, no, but like that is the thing. Like everyone always just assumes it's just add more servers. Why can't you just add more servers? But the the, the reality is that the, it just doesn't work that way. Like there's certain parts of scaling a service that don't require more servers. They require different approaches. All right. So uh, for example, like game servers like the servers that you actually connect to to play your game in fall guys yes that is just a case of adding more servers because there's only 60 people in a game they can live on one little server and if you just multiply that by 10,000 then you get 10,000 times 60 users more right that's easy uh and to be honest with you that's what we did like as we added when we got more ser- more people, we just spun up more cloud services for that. So that's not the problem, and we like would never hold back on that. Um, where it becomes a problem is that there's other points in the service that end up becoming choke points. So when you log into to Fall Guys, it has to log into a central service to figure out, hey, is this person legit? Do they own the game, etc. Right? And so, in that case, uh, you have this one choke point, which people all have to go through. And so I can't just add more servers magically to solve that. I need to figure out how we can ease that choke point. Same with something like, say, the matchmaking service. When you click and say, I want to find a match, it has to go off to the matchmaking service and said, find me a match. Uh, and that is another single choke point. Uh, and so what you do when you're trying to launch a service like this is test all of these individual components to make sure that they can handle a level of scale. Um, but 
typically, if you have a case like this where things be kind of get overloaded, those become the real issues. And so it's not an issue of, can we just add more servers? It's like, okay, how do we rework this thing so that this choke point is no longer a choke point? And that typically ends up becoming a, a way more difficult on the technical side issue rather than just money or, or anything else that can solve it. So how do you, you broaden a choke point like that? Because it sounds like everyone has to go through that same point. You can't create multiples? So, yeah, so I don't want to go into like a, a totally technical discussion around scaling horizontally versus scaling vertically because it really Whoa. really depends on the... <laughs> Here but, we but, go. but like what, what you just described there is why add multiples. That's, that's kind of like the broad general like description of hailing, scaling horizontally. So taking mm -hmm. a service and spreading it out over multiple servers. And mm -hmm. so it, that unfortunately comes down to like deeper design issues in your service. Is your service mm -hmm. designed a way to be able to handle that? Uh, and those are discussions that are had months and potentially years in advance of launching a game to understand where those choke points are going to be and how you're going to handle that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so sometimes those... Uh, are not easily solvable uh, in the short mm -hmm. term. And so you like figure out, okay, what's a, what's a best way to get us to the next step. So like, for example, in fall guys, when we launched, we had a, a, a target of CCU, which is concurrent uh, users that we thought would be the, the high water part. Like we'll never get above X number of users online at a time. So as long as we test up to X, we'll be fine. Uh, mm -hmm. And so like on day one, we blew past X. Right. And so like, and then at that point we go, okay, we've tested everything up to X and actually we had tested everything up to three X just in case. Right. Uh, and so we blew past. I remember your email right before launch saying, there's yeah. no way we're going above. That, yeah. I'm so glad. I might, I might get, <laughs> I, might get I might get that framed. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, we had tested to like three times what we thought was going to be the high water mark. Uh, all these individual components uh, and everything seemed fine. Uh, and then we blew past the high water mark. And then sure enough, like we started hitting issues with a couple of these services. Uh, and so then we have to dive deeper and figure out what it is, but that's not a situation where we can just say, Oh, we're just going to make this change. And now all of a sudden everything will work. It'll be like, okay, what are our options? What are the small changes that we can make to get us incrementally to the next step? Right? So if we, if we are now at X and we need to get to 2X, is there some small change that we can make to get us to 2X to essentially hold down the fort until, like, we can find a longer-term solution that will get us to 10X? And that's what, like, this launch process is, but spread across a number of different things. Like, in, in the first case, like, we have the matchmaking service, and maybe that can only get to 3X. And we, we solve that, and now we can get it to 6X. But then we get to 5x and now the login service craps out and we're like okay how do we get that from 5x to 8x uh, and it's so like this non-stop back and forth of like <laughs> what's the next thing to fail how do we fix it what's the next thing to fail uh and so that's what a launch is actually like from the 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 dark deep tech side it's not like add more servers it's more like holy <laughs> shit everything's on fire how do we solve this short-term problem while someone else like gets a nap and then they can think of a long-term <laughs> fix and come back in 12 hours. So wow. we can categorically say now that if you have ever sent a tweet to <laughs> a company saying, fix your servers, you can get fucked 
<laughs> no, That's no. Right. Like <laughs> because I've been on I've, You heard it from John Barkey. I have been on both sides of that. Obviously, I've been a consumer that's been sure. unable to like play a game. Uh and so I understand. Like I paid ex- like paid money for this game. I want to be able to play it. Um but yeah, yeah so definitely complained, but like understand that there are <laughs> humans on the other side most likely like busting their ass like at the utmost speed that they can to solve it uh and big time yeah complain but don't say anything like ugly or nasty like get fucked right yeah or at least say it, say it <laughs> please at the end get fucked All please right, fine please get fine. fucked yes that's fine <laughs> yeah. unfuck your servers yeah <laughs> please unfuck your servers yeah much obliged. gentle fellows yeah uh star fucker 69 um <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, Robbie, we keep go. doing this. We keep we doing do. this. I think we're, let's we're just agree. Let's just agree. Your turn, to, yeah, we just take it in turns. Um, when you're not working on uh, this kind of uh, networking stuff for an online game like Fall Guys, then what other things are you doing in the background for Devolver games when they launch or after they launch? Or even in, or is it more? Do you do you tend to work more behind the scenes in the lead up to launching games? How does that all work? It it really depends on the title, uh, and so like we're obviously a small indie publisher, so we don't typically do kind of big technical launches like we just did with Fall Guys. Uh, and so where I try and help out is working with the individual devs on what they need. Right, and so sometimes that is just like sharing expertise of like, hey, you're making this turn-based multiplayer game. Like, what are you doing uh, on the networking layer? Are you using lockstep, or what are you doing? And just asking questions that uh, hopefully help enlighten them on different ways to approach problems, uh, especially if they have problems and they come to us. Um, so there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like generic businessy crappy stuff like so obviously like we work with a bunch of teams that deal with licensing of engines right and so like i'm part of those discussions of like how do we get enterprise support from unity or how do we do get this from this other provider and so it's not super exciting or fun or wacky uh it's just kind of like day-to-day stuff uh but yeah like at the end of the day like our goal as a whole, as a company, is to help developers any way they can to let them reach their creative goals. Uh, and so I just help out with that on the technical side. And so, like, if they want to do something in-game and they're having troubles achieving that, uh, hopefully I can help enlighten them different ways to do that. Yeah, it does feel a little bit sometimes like you're kind of like the... It's like someone rings a bell <laughs> to summon the, <laughs> the technical, yeah, <laughs> the tech sorcerer, and then you just like pop in and go, oh hey, ba ba ba, and then <laughs> and then away you go yeah. in a puff of smoke. This wouldn't be a problem if you were using Linux. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. There you go. All right, oh, yeah. now we can okay, dive in. There's yeah. a talking point. Yeah, so. no, no, that's not going to Linux right now. Well, I think we need Sorry, to Linux. address I'm it. Saying it wrong every time. <laughs> we need well, it depends. The, uh... Everyone has their own pronunciation. So it's Linus is the Linus Torvalds is the name of the gentleman who created Linux, 
And so some people do call it Linux. I call it Linux. So I don't know why. Um, but then you have that whole GNU Linux folks who are like their own religious sect. We're not going to go into that on this talk. Are Gnostics? Like GNU? What? Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Wow. Google that after. We do not want to go into that topic on this. Uh, but just Google wait, it later. All, wait. like They're like a religious sect for an OS? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, Google it. We're not going to go on into that on this wow. topic. And it, so how did you get involved with the cult? I know. I'm not involved in the cult. <laughs> like I said, just... Oh, you're, the, you're the cult leader. I get it. Just right. that makes more sense Google though. GNU slash Linux uh, after this. And yeah, okay. you'll, you'll understand the, the Linux holy wars a little more. <laughs> the great holy wars. Yeah. So the next Assassin's Creed is about, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to give you a, a nice, easy outro question, but I do want to say that you're talking about the servers and the scaling really makes me want a uh, a video game like one of those, like uh, you know, those those puzzle games like Factorio or something I knew like you were that. Say that, <laughs> yeah, where where you're doing servers and you're learning there how you servers scale and like servers, you know, that would be I would be exhilarated to play we, something like that. What we need to do is we need to t- take this podcast as the genesis of our first original pitch to the rest of the mm. Devolver team. Mm. We've got the the game idea you've got. I've got the 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 TV television treatment for mm. HBO. We've got the we've got the uh John you're the you're obviously the uh the the technical advisor mm-hmm. and the, the writer and the writer, yeah. For the HBO show. There we go. So I think I think what we're witnessing right here is the birth of the next great Devolver franchise. Right. Mm. Mm. Server Simulator 2020. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. The world See, is just locked r- down and everyone's playing your new online game. <laughs> uh so we're 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 kind of at we're at time and I just want to give you a nice easy easy out. John, can you tell us about Hot Sauce? But what? Hot sauce. Hot sauces. Oh my, that's an unexpected one. Uh, yeah, hot sauces are yummy. You should spread hot sauces on everything that you eat. You what? have recently been making your own hot sauces, isn't that true? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so have you really? So we we are in a pandemic, as we all know. Uh, we all I'd like need... to ask everyone about hot sauce at the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you should have given me a heads up that we're going to go into hot sauces. Come on. Yeah, let's do it. No, I'm ready. I, like, had all my, like, analogies for server loads and whatnot all prepped, (laughs) and then now you get hot sauces. Server load is a lot like a hot sauce. (laughs) Server load. (laughs) Anyway. uh, Yeah. The the spicier the server. (laughs) Yes. You can't just add more peppers. That's horizontal (laughs) hot sauces. Yes. So yes, I have been making hot sauces. Like I said, it's a pandemic. We all need hobbies, uh, and so I, f- I found this Facebook group on fermenting hot sauces. I don't know how I stumbled on it, but I did, uh, and so yeah, started learning how to do fermented peppers and then turning them into hot sauces. So I recently just got 
a box full of ghost peppers and like mm. scorpion peppers and whatnot. So like Ooh. everything like million to two million on the Scoville scale. Uh, so I'm excited to see. You're being careful, yeah. I uh, oh yeah, I had like you. You can't even like touch those things. I with fucked your bare my skin. stomach up on ghost peppers. Yeah. So the wow. so the the good thing about fermenting peppers is that it takes some of the the heat off. Uh, so mm-hmm. we'll see. I don't know. I've got a batch going right now, which is just like jalapenos and habaneros, uh, and we'll see how that goes. Mm. That's supposed to be. Done. What do you ferment them in? Just like vinegar? Or... Uh, no. So that's a, so I I've made like vinegar vinegar based sauces in the past where you like cook it and whatnot. Uh, this is like yeah. totally different. So it's you just use essentially a brine. So it's just water and salt, and mm. you put it in there, and then you just let all the, the natural stuff happen. And so, like, wow. when you submerge things in the brine, the, the good bacteria win and the bad bacteria die. And so the good bacteria win and stay alive and, and ferment everything. Uh, and then that takes down the pH of everything. And so it still has nice, like, acidic bite, but without having to deal with any kind of vinegar. Wow. Well, I'm actually quite... Well, I mean, it's fascinating to hear that you've been uh, fermenting vegetables. <laughs> but um, uh, I I literally today just made uh, some tasty hummus. Oh, nice. I made two... Yeah, I made two, two, two pots of hummus. It's a first... This is an experiment, so it hasn't gone particularly well. It's a bit... It's a bit... A bit smoother than I would have liked. A little bit... A little bit uh, more vis... Less viscous than I would have liked. And um, I put too much garlic in it, so it's got a real bite. But I just... I just used it in... um, I just made some nice uh, falafel and uh, halloumi like uh, Lebanese wraps and I used my mm. uh, my homemade hummus in it and it was very good so I might I might join you John I might have to sh- get some tips from you to start working on uh, my my own brand of condiments <laughs> there you go the beauty about fermenting is it's like literally the simplest thing ever you stick things in a, <laughs> yeah, just... in a pot and then you come back in a week uh, and as long as you like covered everything right, you don't have any worries about botulism or anything like that. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> well, uh, what's the um, what uh, what's the what's the best sauce that you've made so far? Uh, I've made a couple batches of just like different kind of ratios of habanero to jalapenos, and it's all good. Like that's the thing. They're, they're like. So I do like a bunch of like random things. Like I roast coffee. I've made a lot of donuts and stuff like that and so i'm used to oh. i'm used to a lot of failures to be honest with you because like when you're experimenting <laughs> with things like that like you make a bunch of things that don't work out uh but yeah so far on this everything's worked out because it's like i said just so dead simple oh, that's amazing i'm looking oh, for my bottle of bart q's botulism oh, free batch. <laughs> yeah when we all get back together i yeah. can't wait we have to share all of our homemade treats
one last quick question before we do the wrap-up. Uh, you're a hockey man, Barkey? Yes, I am. Of course you are. I'm, re- I'm required by law as a Canadian. So, who is your team? Uh, my team is Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, who have been... Obviously, that's not a real team. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of NHL fans you would agree with up. you. Would agree with you <laughs> that they're not a real team. Uh, but yes, so yeah, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, from the NHL, and yes, it is spelled Leafs, which is just like makes <laughs> makes no proper sense, but it is what I it is. It. Uh, I love it. I love it. And yeah, there's and have you? They've been my yeah. No, they've been my just... team for life. Uh, since I was a kid, and they have not won the Stanley Cup since 1967, <laughs> so that, that that predates me. So you can understand kind of like what it means to be a a fan of the Leafs. Oh, beautiful! Oh. And uh, have you ever met Brett the Hitman Hart? I have not. No, uh, oh. even though he is a fellow Canadian, and we're all kind of related. Yeah, yeah, he's my favorite Canadian. Apart from you, obviously. Oh, thank you. Have you met Vieco, John? Yes, I have met Vieco. <laughs> There's a Canadian you've met. Yes. He's as Canadian as they come. Yeah. <laughs> when I think Canadian, I definitely think of 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 a large Spanish man. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, John. Thank you very much. Thank you. For... Yeah, succumbing to our advances for you to be on the podcast this week <laughs> thank you for having me and thank you for letting me pitch my new pepper operation it's great. <laughs> yeah if the servers don't that's... work out i'm all set now hot sauces <laughs> that's all that matters um i always forget how to wrap these uh these shows up but what i should say is um forkcast.devolverdigital.com is the website you can mm. email you can email us if you have any questions about any of the shows or if you have any thoughts about what we we want to hear us talk about you can email us at forecast at devolverdigital.com or you can tweet uh at devolver digital um we're hashtag on instagram oh, hashtag forecast you can use that on twitter same I on checked, instagram there's no new ones no no new ones and there's a discord as well right yeah, there's a channel on the Devolver Digital Discord for, uh, for the forecast. Never, never visited the Discord. I should probably. It's go in there and full take of people man. talking about Fall Guys right now and telling us what skins should be in the game and how we should unfuck okay, our fucking I'm, servers. Uh, right? Yeah, I'm not. So gonna, it's, I'm not this go is not there. the time to join if that's not what you're into. Uh, actually, no. this is not the time if that is what you're into because we're we're just chock full of that right now. Thanks. <laughs> we do appreciate your interest. Um. But yeah, just go to the Fall Guys server because they are—that's the place to go for that. They have the answers you're looking for. There we go. Um, another week has gone by without the murderers of Breonna Taylor having been arrested, and that—that that saddens my heart. But uh, some fucking day. That's curious, isn't it? Day. It's so curious. It's almost as if they're ignoring it. It's yeah. weird. It's really I mean, weird. Flint, Flint, Michigan, still doesn't have clean drinking water. So this fucking place. Yep. Always got to go out on a high note. Uh, Thank you so much for being here, John. This has actually been, hopefully it hasn't been as grueling for you as you feared it might be. This actually flew (laughs) by. Um, Listening to you talk about how the servers work was really exciting and and interesting. And uh, really, thank you for sharing your insights with us and your expertise, because this is really cool. Thanks for having me. 
For real. For real. real. No, seriously, that comes from the bottom of my heart. All right, <laughs> you the sarcastic thought I would, pits. You were literally. What was it? I'm. I'm gonna find the thing. Yeah, I was like, uh, you said, "Oh, you really want to talk servers and stuff on the podcast?" I said, "100 percent." You said, "Why?" I don't actually know anything about your audience. Do you know who listens? Like, what type of nerd? I said, "Ha ha, why are you panicking?" And you were like, "I'm not panicking." <laughs> So, John, a lot of the folks that listen to us are indie developers, like folks yeah. that, that kind of want to know what, you know, what the, how it works, right. you know, and get what insight they can. So that's why we bring folks like you on and from the team who, who do know how these things work and, and what, uh, you know, what makes it, makes the whole thing tick. I'm glad I can help them. There Thanks, you go. John. There you Thank go. you, Ravi, for sharing this time with me as well. You are welcome, JM. I liked it so much. I'm going to do it again next week. Ah, All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Oh. Do, 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 do.